welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. You know, I'm one of the... I was going to say lucky ones, maybe not lucky ones, but I also said I would never go to India. And last year I was on the team of 10 that were supposed to go to India... And the Indian government didn't want me. (laughs) So I'm still, I'm not staying, I won't go to India, but I can still say, hey, I was prepared to go, but I didn't go. So who knows what will happen this year or the years to come. So there we go. Cool. Well, what I want to do tonight, if you have been at Victory for the last two weeks, you'll know that we're doing a series on identity. And I want to encourage you, even if you were here and you did hear it, uh, all our messages are downloadable on MP3. You can do it on the website. And I want to encourage you, I think the Identity Series is a signature message. It says it's a message that we need to get because it's from our identity that we build on. And I think we see a lot of trouble and issues in the world today because people haven't got the area of who they are or who they are not correct and then they're trying to build on that foundation. So I want to encourage you if you haven't been here or even if you have been here, get that message, keep listening to it, keep playing. Let's really nail this thing on identity. And what I wanted to do tonight was just dovetail from that because last week when Tony was sharing, he was talking about the story of Jacob and Esau. And he said how Rebecca wanted um, Jacob to be like Esau and to get what was rightfully Esau's. And he just made the comment that uh, when Jacob tried to become like Esau, he actually lost who he was. And he said, you know what? God wants us to be ourselves. And so what I want to do tonight is just quickly share about how we can succeed at being ourselves. Because I think sometimes we're actually not very good at that. A lot of the times we would probably rather be someone else. And yet God says he wants us to be ourselves. Edwin Elliott, excuse me, says, by being yourself, you put something wonderful in the world that wasn't there before. Can I hear an amen to that? What I'm trusting tonight is what we'll listen and what we'll pick up is, you know what? I'm not that bad. And I'm not that bad because that's the way God made me. And I'm not that bad because, and he wants me to be that very person that I am. So what I want you to leave with tonight is the truth that no one can be a better you than you. So this is what I'm going to get you to do. I'm going to get you, I know it's Sunday night, I know it's a holiday tomorrow, I know you've listened to Moggy and to Graham, but I want you to do so. I want you to interact with me right now. I want to hear you say with me, I, I am the best me. All right, now that was good practice. Let's do it again. I am the best me. Now like this, I am the best me. There you go, sorry. Oh, sorry. I forgot where I was. Cool. All righty. So just quickly, some keys to us succeeding in being yourself. The first key I believe in succeeding in being yourself is you need to understand your uniqueness. Check out your fingerprints. Do you know that not one of us has the same fingerprints? I think that's amazing. When you think of the population that is alive today, the population that has proceeded, none of us have ever had the same set of fingerprints. 
which is kind of cool because I'd hate to be done for someone else's wrongdoing, wouldn't you? I just meant, but officer, I swear, it must be him. He's got the same fingerprints. Not one of us has the same fingerprints. Look at your neighbor. Go on, look at the person next to you. See, you're different. You're different. You have all been individually. Now, that wasn't an excuse for you to talk. I didn't say talk to your neighbor. Look at me. I didn't say talk to your neighbor. I said look at your neighbor. You've each been individually and uniquely created. Psalm 139 uh, verse 13 in the message says, Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. You've been made a certain way by the creator. Your bone structure, your eye color, your hair color, the gifts that you have, the talents that you possess, the interests that you have, the things you like are all handmade for you. It's kind of, have you ever seen handmade pottery? You know, like, oh, did you ever do it at school? You know, when you used to come home to your mum, she'd go, what is it? And you go, it's an um, ashtray. It's like a, a lump of clay that you punched in like this, put your fingers around four times and went ashtray. It's kind of like you and I, that's what we're like. We're handmade. God has stooped down and he's just shaped us the way he wanted to. It's, it's not like the Maxwell Williams kind of, crockery that comes off the production line like all the same matches you can if you break a piece you can go and get it. it's handmade you're unique there's something about you that the person next to you doesn't have designed and done especially like that for God when we're talking about how we can be successful at being ourselves we have to understand firstly we are unique secondly we're talking about how do you succeed at being yourself you've got to stop making comparisons You know what? Comparison invites condemnation. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 in the Amplified says, However, when they measure themselves with themselves and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding and behave unwisely. What the Bible is simply saying here is if you compare yourself to someone else, you're stupid. That's what it says. That's the Amplified. That's the Cath version. If we compare ourselves with one another, we're being silly. See, the thing is, We generally feel good about ourselves until when? Until we measure ourselves against someone else. And this is what happens. If we measure ourselves against someone who's doing really well, what do we do? We feel bad. If we want to feel good, what do we do? We go measure ourselves against someone who's doing worse than us and we feel better. Wrong. Both bad. We're not to compare ourselves, we're to say, you know what, this is the way I'm created, this is who I am, I need to be happy with that. We have to realise that we're not only unique, but our gifting, our talents, the plan that God has for each and every one of us is also unique. Jeremiah 29 verse 1 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I love the message. The message starts with this in Jeremiah 29. It says, I know what I'm doing. It says, God speaking. I know what I'm doing. How many times do we sit there and going, oh, but why that way, God? And why did you do this with me? And why have I got blonde hair? Why do I have blue eyes? Why am I only five foot whatever? Why am I this wide and not this thin? And God's going, I know what I'm doing. We've got to stop comparing. Our job, church, is not to compare, but to comply. In John chapter 21, in verses 19 to 22, it's the story of when Jesus is on the beach, he's cooking the uh, fish, 
for the disciples. He's been resurrected. He's seeing them. It's before he ascends. He's talking with Peter and John on there, and he's saying to Peter, now remember, Peter has denied him three times. He says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Jesus, I do. He says, feed my sheep. He says it again. The third time he says it, Pete's getting, it's like getting a little bit hot in the kitchen here. Pete's going, oh, come on. So Pete's instant reaction is, well, well, what about him? And he points to John. And Jesus' response to Peter is the same response he has to you and I. He says, what does that have to do with you? It's none of your business. What I want to do with John is none of your business. And God says that to us all the time. When we go, yeah, but what about them? Well, they're good at that. Why can't I do that? Or what about them? They're getting away with that. God's response to us is, what is that to you? It's none of your business. Get on with the job I've asked you to do. So many times we sit there going, well, why, God? It's not fair. And if I was, and I love, again, the uh, message in Isaiah 45. I wrote it down, but I'm going to read it to you because I just love, sorry, the way he does it. He says this, but doom to you who fight your maker. You're a pot at odds with the potter. Does the clay talk back to the potter? What are you doing? What clumsy fingers? Would a sperm say to a father, who gave you permission to use me to make a baby? It's in the message. It's in the message. Or a fetus to the mother, why have you cooped me up in this belly? Now we laugh and think that's ridiculous, but that's what we do constantly. Yeah, but God, why can't I sing? God, why can't I do that? God, why do I have to be like this? God, every time we fight the way our uniqueness and the way God has created us and the unique plan he has for us, we're no different than that. We're the sperm saying, did I give you permission to use me? We're the potter saying, or the clay saying, I could do a better job. We have a unique, we are unique and we're not to compare ourselves. To succeed at being ourselves, we need to stop making comparisons. Stop worrying about the person's walk next to you and just concern yourself with your own. The third key, remember we're talking about what is succeed, how do we succeed at being ourselves, sorry, I'm speaking, I'm trying to be quick. How do we succeed at being ourselves? We need to watch where we look. Hebrews 12.2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, for who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You may have heard it said that the eyes are the window to the soul. What that's saying is literally... The things we look at affect our view on things. In other words, girls, fashion magazines and looking through them and seeing their glossy covers and seeing these models affects the way you look at your body image. Soapies. We watch soapies and we don't realise that watching soapies and seeing how they interact, it affects our view I'm possibly women here. It affects our view on our husbands. My husband doesn't come home looking like that from a hard day's work. My husband doesn't provide for me that way. It affects our view on marriage. Soapies, everybody's jumping into everybody else's bed. It's okay. It affects our view on our um, sexuality. Again, because we're looking at these things. Our eyes are the window to our soul. This affects our view. We're concentrating on these things. Soapies, your friend's grades. 
You're sitting there and you're going, you know what? I look at my friend's grades and what they achieve and it affects your thoughts and on your own IQ and your own, how smart you are and the gifts that you have. What we look at affects how we live. Where you look is where you live. We need to be looking at God. That's what that scripture says. Fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to be looking at what is my race? What is my call? What are the things that God's placed in my heart that he's asking me to do? Not about there, not about here. I'm watching here. It's okay that they're doing that because that's their uniqueness. That's their call. That's their gifting. But what am I looking at? My eyes are fixed on Jesus. This is what you've asked me to do. I'm going to walk in that way. We need to be looking at God, our calling, our race. We need to be looking forward. Now, I know, ladies, it's hard, but we drive a car in the natural by glancing at the rear view mirror when we need to, but looking through the windscreen. If most of us drove our cars the way we lived our lives, it would be chaos because most of us live our lives driving through the rear view mirror the rear view mirror and glancing through the windscreen. Now that makes sense naturally. You think, what idiot would do that? Well, a lot of Christian women drivers on Monday morning, (laughs) that's how you do it. Sorry, that's just my fighting the Monday morning Christian drivers at the school. (laughs) But you know, you get the picture. We glance at the rear view mirror because we may need it to check that everything's going on, but we're driving looking forward. It has to be the same principle in life. You know what, sometimes occasionally I need to look in the rear view, measure, rear view mirror just to make sure, you know what, I haven't taken anybody out behind me and everything's okay. Yep, cool, still there. Motorbike, I saw you. All right, cyclist, I know you're there. But the majority of the time it's looking forward. It's going, this is where I'm going, this is where I'm glancing occasionally but looking forward. We've got to do life the same way. You want to be successful at who you are, you want to be successful at being yourself, keep Looking forward, glance occasionally in the rearview mirror. Alrighty. Number four, remember we're talking about keys to succeeding at being yourself, is you need to be strategic in your thinking. Proverbs 23 verse 1 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Keep your thoughts positive. And Tony nailed that this morning when he's talking about it's not what people say about you, don't, let, don't take that stuff on. You aren't what people say about you. What does God say about you? Just quickly, God says you're loved. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God says your worth is not based on what you do, but what has been done for you. Again, Tony uh, nailed that this morning. Ephesians 2, 8. For it's by grace you've been saved through God. And this is not from yourself, but it's a gift of God. The Bible says you're gifted. Remember, we're talking about strategic in our thinking. You're gifted. Romans 12, 6 says we have different gifts according to the grace given us. So when you're sitting there going, well, it's all right for you. I don't have it. No, thinking, strategic thinking. You have been gifted. How do you know that? Because the Bible tells you so. It's not the preacher up here saying you're gifted and I'm saying that because that's what I've got to say and I've got to say that because I need you to do something for me. It's what the Bible says. You've been chosen, 1 Thessalonians 1.4. You've been called, Romans 8.28. You've been equipped, 2 Timothy 3.17. Must I say any more? God approved of us before anyone else ever, ever, ever got a chance to disapprove of you. So what should I say to that? Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to this? 
If God is for me, who can be against me? I want to hear you say it. If God is for me, if God is for me, who? Who? I said who can be against me? Good. Got it. Just making sure you got it tonight. To be successful at being yourself, you need to be strategic about your thought life. And then finally, talking about keys that we can be how to be successful at being ourselves is you need to be smart about what you say. Proverbs 8.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. You know what? Our success or failure in life depends on what we say. You might find that harsh, but honestly, depends on what we say. We have the power. That's what the Bible says. The tongue has the power of life or death. You may remember last year's women's conference, She Speaks. Our catchphrase, we frame our world with the words we speak. We frame our world with the words we speak. I'm useless. I'm bad. I'm no good. I'm not this. Guess what? That's what I'll live in. But you know what? I may not be perfect. I may not be this, but I am this. I'm that. We frame our world with the words. You know what? I'm not an idiot. I may have done a silly thing but I'm not an idiot. We frame our world with the words we speak. I may, you know what? I may have had a bad day as a wife today, but it doesn't make me a bad wife constantly. Just take, arresting that. You know what? I didn't do so great in my test this week, but doesn't mean I'm stupid. doesn't mean I don't know. It just means I had a bad test and I can get over that. We frame our world with the words we speak. We need to speak positive. We need to acknowledge the good things about us. We need to prophesy over ourselves. You know, people say, oh, prophesy, what does that mean? You know what? Just say this, what God says about you. I just went through some of them. There's hundreds of them. Do a Bible study. What does God say about me? I'm chosen. He's handpicked me. He's hands on me. He's equipped me. He's given me everything I need for life and godliness. Make your own list up. We're talking about prophesying over ourselves. What we say directly impacts our ability to succeed at being ourselves. And the band can come up or Tony can come up. I want to finish with this quote. This is one of my all-time favorite quotes. It's by Holly Wagner. She says, each of us has a unique role to play at this time in history. And we will play it only by being comfortable in our own skin. I believe this identity series is crucial because you and I have a unique role to play. No one else can do my role. No one else can do your role. But the truth is, we're only going to function in our role when we understand that we need to be ourselves. Say it with me as I close tonight. I am the best me. I am the best me. One more time for good measure. I am the best me. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.